Hello and Hello. good evening. Welcome to the Castro Files. I'm Greg Lamontagne and this is Beth Lamontagne. Hi everybody. Welcome back. We've got some great stories to tell you today. Yes, we do. We've got some fun ones. What have you got tonight? Uh, black-eyed children. Black-eyed children. Mm -hmm. Creepy. Mm -hmm. We've got some photos to share with you guys and I'm going to be going over some dolls. Everybody we were out at the the reason I brought this one up or I started thinking about this one is we were at a antique shop yesterday, yesterday. in mm -hmm. our little town Pelotus, texas and uh i saw some creepy dolls i was they walking around looking for dolls. some creepy things maybe to buy for the set or whatnot and i was like oh everybody hates creepy dolls creepy dolls yep creepy dolls creep me out yeah i mean it's where they go beyond right there's a lot of good stories yeah there's definitely some good stories behind dolls and stuff like yes. that but first and foremost go out give us a like and a subscribe out on the youtube channel Please. if you don't mind you can follow us on instagram as well at the castro files we also post this out on itunes spotify all the places you like to listen to you know your your podcasts right so you want to jump into this sure let's you want do me to it. go first do yeah, you want to go start. first go for it all right so the first ones i've got today Okay. There's two stories, really. Okay. So one is of this place down in Mexico, just outside Mexico City. Okay. And it's an island of dolls. They call it Doll, doll Island, or The Doll Island. Right. Um, it's been shown on Travel Channel, on Ghost Adventures. They've done tons. PBS even did a story on it. Um, but it is a really interesting, it's got a really interesting backstory. Here's just... A photo to get you started on it, right? Okay. A couple of, of locations, or a couple of dolls, rather. So, within the city limits of one of the world's biggest metrop uh, metropolises, Mexico City lies one of the last remnants of the Aztecs. Ho Chimilco, or a UNESCO World Heritage Site, is a vast network of canals and tiny artificial islands called Chinampas, where locals live and grow crops. One such Chinampa, deep in the heart of, I cannot say that again, Oximilco, sorry, if I'm butchering it, my bad, houses a few small huts outnumbered by thousands of mutilated, decaying dolls. The aptly named Island of the Dolls, or La Isla de la Munecas, is home to the world's largest collection of haunted dolls. Although perhaps the only thing truly haunted in this story is the man who lived there, a hermit named Don Julian Santa Barrera, who was allegedly haunted by the spirits by the spirit of a drowned girl. It wasn't known as an island of the dolls before one Don Juan Don Julian moved there until in the 1950s, although it earned its name soon after when dolls mysteriously started to appear. Legend has it that years before his arrival, a young girl became entangled in the canal's water lilies and tragically drowned there. Don Julian claimed to have heard the girl screaming from beyond the grave, I want my doll. Sure enough, near, her, near where her body was supposedly found, he found a doll, which he then hung up in a tree as if to make an offering to the young girl's spirit. Don Julian became both obsessed and haunted by her. Afterwards, he claimed to discover new dolls strung up from trees every time he went out there. They weren't all completely intact either. Some were decapitated and others were dismembered. Hmm. When Don Julian's crops failed, he placed more dolls around the island in an effort to appease the young girl's restless spirit. This macabre shrine became his obsession. Don Julian spent 
every single day scouring rubbish dumps and fishing in the canals for old discarded dolls. He even used to trade his vegetables for them. Don Julian hung dolls up in the various states of disrepair he found them in, which, along with their exposure to the elements, created a terrifying scene we see today. Over the next 50 or so years, he continued to build up, build up his, this forest with dolls. Although we've labeled them haunted, Don Julian perhaps considered them to be protective. Don Julian passed away in 2001, close to the spot where the young girl had died. Some suggest he met the same fate as her and drowned, whilst others say he had a heart attack. Regardless, many believe his death was caused by the girl's spirit, which is said to still haunt the island to this day. The fear of dolls is called pedophobia, pediophobia, and is considered to be caused, caused by the blank yet lifelike, lifelike stares on dolls' faces. However, and certainly, it's certainly not just pedophobia who are pedophobes, rather, who are creeped out by the island of dolls. Equally, it is a source of fascination for others and is now a popular tourist attraction. Local claim, locals claim the dolls come to life at night, animated by the spirits of the dead. They say the dolls whisper, whistle, move their limbs, and turn their heads of their own accord, hoping to lure the unwary to a watery death in the island's canal. Others say it was just the wind. Either way, they say it is wise to offer the dolls a gift as soon as you set foot on the island. Who knows? If you don't want, if you don't, you could meet the same fate as Don Julian Santa Barrera. So the island is has. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of dolls. Here's just a couple more that you can see. They're in various kind of again. It's funny that you said that they move States and stuff at nighttime because when Zach Baggins and them did their mm-hmm. ghost hunt that night, the dolls' heads, some of them are moving. Some of them, um, like some of them were like the automated ones and like hadn't no batteries said anything, had no and batteries and was going off. It was very um, interesting. It was very cool. Yeah. So you've got that there. You've got a couple more dolls there. And then you've got another kind of just weird... Yeah. Just the way the sun's shining on it, it's mm-hmm. making it kind of look like it's glowing yeah. and such, you know, and you go, ugh, creepy, <laughs> right? Yes. So then we've got one more. This kind of made me go down a whole a rabbit hole of, doll, of hole. doll stories, if you will. And there's one that's really, really famous. And it's the story behind the world's most terrifying haunted doll. It's taking a second for it to come up, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, if you recall... Robert. Robert the doll is Key West's most cursed object. At some point, this thing will allow me to go. There we go. Technology. I know. It's It's great. great. There we go. Here's something that most people would agree is true about Robert the doll. So this is on, you can find this article out in, um, it was by Andy Wright. And Atlas Obscura. So here's something that most people would agree is true about Robert the doll. He's terrifying. It stemmed ostensibly a little boy in a sailor suit. His careworn face is only vaguely human. His nub of a nose looks like a pair of pinholes. He is covered in brown nicks like scars. His eyes are beady and black. He wears a malevolent, malevolent 
smirk clasp in his lap he holds his own toy a dog with garish popping eyes and a too big tongue lolling crazily out of his mouth here are some other things people have people also agree is true about robert that he's haunted and that he has caused car accidents broken bones job loss divorce and a cornucopia of other misfortunes robert is now 117 years old well and lives in the at the Fort East Mortello Museum in Key West, Florida. In a new display case, which is was recently donated by someone who is a fan of Robert's, says Corey Cornavitio, curator of the museum. But the comfortable new digs, complete with humidity control and UV filtering glass to pre- preserve the artifact, do not seem to have reformed Robert. The museum still gets regular reports of evil attributes, evils attributed to the doll. Before Robert came to the museum in 1994, he was the property of Robert Eugene Otto, an eccentric artist and member of the prominent Key West family. Yes, the doll and the owner had the same name, but the boy answered to Gene. Robert had was a childhood birthday gift from Otto's grandfather, who bought the doll during a trip to Germany. Otto's relationship with the doll continued to into adulthood. What people really remember is what they would probably term as an unhealthy relationship with the doll, says Convertio, Convertito. He brought, he brought it everywhere. He talked about it in first person as if he weren't a doll, he was Robert. Interesting. And he has, as in he is a live entity. So he basically he treated him like persona. he was real. Yeah, like yeah. A, a, yeah. So, and you see kids that have like, sometimes they'll have like a, um, imaginary friend mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. they'll, they'll drag a doll around right and you know even like mark Wahlberg did a movie where he had his stuffed animal teddy remember that one well, come on it's a doll nonetheless after some digging the museum traced robert's origins to the steef company the same toy maker that manufactured a teddy bear in honor of theodore <clears throat> roosevelt Robert was the most likely never intended to be sold as a toy. A Steve historian told the museum that Robert was probably part of a set of fabric set fabricated for a window display of clowns or jesters, which is kind of adorable, says Convertito, especially with his impish behavior. It kind of suits his personality really well. Robert's little sailor suit was not supplied by the company. It was probably an outfit that Otto himself wore as a child. According to legend, young Otto began to blame mishaps on the doll. While this could have been laughed off as a childish storytelling, adults also started noticing odd occurrences, especially as Otto and Robert grew grew older. Interesting. As an adult, Otto lived in a stately home he called the Artist House, where Robert would be seen positioned at the upstairs window. School children, children swore that he would appear and reappear, and they avoided the home. Myrtle Reuter purchased the artist's house after Otto's death in 1974 and also became Robert's new caretaker. Visitors swore they heard footsteps in the attic and giggling. Some claim Robert's expression changed when any, when anyone badmouthed, badmouthed Otto in the house. Reuter said Robert would move around the house on his own, and after 20 years of antics, she donated him to the museum. Hmm. But far from banishing Robert to obscurity, his arrival at the museum marked an a turning point for the doll. Since Robert arrived, visitors have flocked, flocked to the museum to get a look at the mischievous toy. He has appeared in TV shows. He has had his aura photo- photographed. He has 
a stop on a ghost tour. He He's inspired a horror movie. He has a Wikipedia entry and social media accounts. <laughs> Fans can buy Robert replicas, books, coasters, T-shirts, and the most adventurous can even volunteer to be locked in with Robert after dark. No, thank you. I don't know. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to pass. <laughs> and they can and do write to him. He gets probably one to three letters every day, says Convertito. But they aren't typical fan letters. They're often apologies. <clears throat> Many visitor, visitors attribute post-visit misfortunes to failing to respect Robert or even openly disrespecting him. And they write begging forgiveness. Others ask him for advice or to hex those who have wronged them. Convertito says that they have received more than a thousand letters, which they keep in catalog. Robert also receives emails and homages. At some point, it became known that Robert had a sweet tooth, so people leave and send him candy. Once he received a box containing eight bags of peppermints, a card, and no return address. Exercising caution, the museum staff does not consume treats sent to Robert. <laughs> right? Right. Like, that's mine. Yeah. Guests leave him sweets, money, and occasionally joints. It's completely inappropriate. They leave him joints? Yeah. Okay. It's completely inappropriate, says Convertito. We are still a museum. Convertito is Robert's caretaker. Once a year, she administers a checkup, taking him out of the case and weighing him to assess whether the humid, humid Florida weather has adversely affected his straw-filled body. She is also his proxy, receiving and reading all his emails and letters and running his social media feeds. Several years ago, she photographed Robert's knobby face onto the now-famous picture of Kim Kardashian, popping a bottle of champagne into the glass, uh, balanced on her behind. Interesting. Yeah. Um, through the combined forces of Kardashians and Robert's celebrity, the doll's social media has reached almost 9,000 Facebook likes. He's got more followers than most people. Yeah, exactly. The museum won by a landslide. Occasionally, Convertito corresponds on Robert's behalf. She tries to send something to every child that writes him. Gene always had the childlike temperament around him, and we feel like Robert would want to be kind to children. So does Converti Convertito... Think Robert is haunted? She says, I don't know. I really don't, she says. I've never had a bad experience with him. I've never felt uncomfortable. It's always been very basic, <clears throat> been a very basic relationship, and I have a job to do, and I go out and do it. And whether there's something to it or not, he just allows me to get on with my job. Interesting. Yeah, so he's a really... So, a couple things. Do you think they read him the emails and the letters? I was, I was, I was thinking that, too. I don't know, because then you're adding... And then do they let him smoke the joint? I don't think that's a thing, <laughs> right? But reading them to him, that goes back to like treating him like a person, like a person, giving him, yeah. you know. And if the person, like, especially if they're asking for forgiveness for, you know, wronging him, if they don't read it, do they still get forgiveness? I or think does you're he not just know? by writing it down, you're kind of putting it out, out in there, the world. Yeah, right? And then you're, crazy. you're going through the effort of sending it. So here's the other thing, too. Maybe we should watch it tonight. There is a, um, a special okay. on Discovery Plus. About Robert. Oh, really? Yeah. Good timing. I didn't yeah. know we'll that. We'll have to watch that tonight. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I posted it. I oh, pinned creepy. it. Huh? It's pinned creepy. it uh, last week or the week before. We'll so, check yeah, it out. We'll check it out. So check it out. It's yeah, absolutely. That, that little um, psychic girl, Kath, uh, Katz, Kaz, I can't think of her first. Which one? Really dark hair, very okay. petite. Mm -hmm. She's in it with somebody else. So That's cool. she's the psychic on it. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so we'll have to check it out. A couple of quick doll stories. Just, just yeah, think about it. If you have kids or something like that and you get a doll that... 
is in a different position than when you remember it. Yeah. Is it your kid? Or that happens. It, I'm getting that doll out of my house, just so you know. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So what do you have, honey? I have a story about the black-eyed children. The black-eyed children. Correct. Um, Has anybody, have you heard of these stories? I have heard one them? story um, before, and it was stateside. Okay. Um, I think Scared to Death had a story about something that, that happened to a family or a man and a wife. Yeah. Um, and and uh, they're run-in with the, the Black Eyed Children. This one is out of um, uh, Canuck Chase uh, in England and Shafire, Shord, can't say it, Staffshord, Staffshire? How do you say it? Staffshire. Staff, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, county, uh, encompassing some 30 square miles. This area includes anything from forest over large open fields to old mines. Apart from boasting beautiful natric scenery, uh, Canuck Chase is also home to a long history of paranormal encounters spanning, co- spanning across the centuries. One of the hottest spots for the supernatural activity in the UK. Okay. So it's got a lot of activity to begin Just with. Just anyway, right? Yeah. So people since as far back as the 1800s have reported a wide range of unexplained experiences, sightings, and confrontations. Over the years, some of the most prominent phenomena have included the notorious British big cats, which are reportedly mysterious felines uh, about the size of a panther. Uh, indeed, not in... Uh, in, in Indigenous. Yes, thank you. Indigenous to Britain. Uh, others reported Bigfoot or UFOs and even some werewolves. Some werewolves on mm-hmm. top of it, huh? Right. Uh, <laughs> however, there is one particular legend touched upon by quite a few witnesses over the last few decades, which may be the most disturbing of them all, primarily because it's a solid story behind it. With an uptick of activities during the 1980s, hikers and other wanderers have been reporting bone-chilling sights and direct encounters with odd little children who stalk the area of and around Canuck, especially the parts that are wooded. They count uh, usually involve a small girl in a pale dress with deep, dark black eyes. Other times, reports of multiple children as part of a single incident, followed by a different sound, such as giggling, children asking for help, or outright screaming. In the 60s, several people, uh, I'm sorry, in the 60s, several reports of abductions and murders against little girls began in the area. The horror started in 1964 when a cyclist found a nine-year-old girl barely holding on to life in the woods. The child had been raped, strangled, and left to die, which luckily didn't happen thanks to the passerby. A little over a year later, two girls aged only five and six who had been missing for some time were found dead in a ditch in the Canuck Chase. The summer of 67, another seven-year-old was abused and murdered, located not too far away from where the previous two girls had happened. The murders had similarities, such as a stranger luring the girls into a car. Things soon took a turn when one of the girls got away from the abductor, and police began to connect the dots thanks to a witness of the attempted kidnapping. After one of the largest scale criminal investigations and manhunts in the UK history, the police apprehended Raymond Morris, charging him with one of the murders and safely assuming the perpetrator was responsible for the rest of the crimes. Raymond was locked up for life until his death in March of 2014. Roughly a decade after the tragic episode is when the sightings begin. It's believed in many... It's believed by many uh, that it is the trapped spirits of these poor children that haunt Canuck today, lost in the woods. Lee Brickley, a paranormal investigator and an author who is one of the researchers who scoured the area for all kinds of paranormal reports over the years, wrote an encounter that his aunt had in 1982. 
As she told him, it was the summer of 82, and she found herself spending a day outdoors with her friend in Canuck, enjoying nature. Excuse me real quick. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a little under the weather today. Uh, at some point in the early evening hours, she thought she heard the voice of what sounded like a frightened girl calling for help somewhere nearby. She decided to investigate just in case, trying to determine where the calls were coming from. Her search led her to a simple dirt road nearby where she immediately saw a little girl running up the road calling for help. She went after the girl but found it impossible to keep up with her. Eventually, she tripped, fell, and sustained a somewhat serious injury on her toe, abandoning the pursuit. After she visited the hours, uh, after she visited the hospital the next day and told a story, uh, sorry, after she visited the hospital the next day and told the story, the other told her to report the incident to the police just to be safe. Yeah. Lee's aunt said that the police came the next morning to inquire about what she had seen since it could be a missing child, though no none reported at the time. The police searched the area soon enough but found no trace of the girl and no news of a missing child ever came up. Uh, rather impressive is the sudden resurgence of sightings around 2014, so more recently, okay. uh, because it coincides with the death of Raymond, the killer in prison. Around this time, some publications of considerable circulation in the UK began reading and I mean began writing about increasing numbers of reports from Canuck signaling a possible return of the ghostly children. Let's show a picture of okay. one of, of what we're talking about sure. here. So there are tons there are tons of if you go out and search, these are just off the internet, right? Yeah. But there this is just one of, one of a few that we've got right. to share. But yeah. they are creepy and there's some really creepy uh, the ones the last picture that has several that one creeps me out a lot yeah so um okay so soon enough as he was known as an investigator the canuck chase area lee brickley began receiving reports from multiple people mostly via email one such message he was sent by an unnamed Im individual who spoke of a frightful walk he took with his wife and family dog in september the man supposedly heard unnerving giggling and he and his wife enter as he and his wife entered the woods trying to identify where it came from the couple looked around and suddenly were confronted by a very young girl with eyes as black as coal staring straight at them the source said the girl stood there in front of them in front of the frozen couple and just observed them for a short while before she slipped back into the thick overgrown parts of the woods the witness said that he and his wife uh, the witness said he denied his wife's wishes to follow the child, at which point they left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another email he it's received. Where you go call authorities. Sorry right. to interrupt. You go call authorities. Like, I saw a I saw kid, a kid. Like, run into the woods. Yeah. And it was, it felt too dangerous to go after, yeah. so we're calling you. Like <laughs> yeah. Another email Brickley received from a woman under the name of Miss Kelly also piqued his interest. The woman was taking a stroll with her daughter down the Birches Valley. They walked, their walk was suddenly interrupted by a, definite scream from somewhere in the vicinity she got her daughter and rushed to locate what she thought was a child in need they couldn't find anybody but upon stopping for a quick break and then turning miss kelly quite clearly saw a small girl whom she thought to be around 10 the, the child was holding her hands over her eyes when the woman inquired if it was her who had been screaming and whether she was okay the little girl lowered her arms and pierced the woman with a horrifying uh, and pierced the woman with a horrifying gaze from two entirely black, soulless eyes. Petrified, Miss Kelly took hold of her daughter only to notice that the strange child had vanished right before them. Eesh. Even though the existence of the paranormal and the investigation thereof are Lee Brickley's calling, he did say that he maintains a healthy dose of skepticism towards the reports, although he does take them seriously. 
stating there's always a possibility that witnesses were hallucinating at the time of their alleged encounters. Mostly, he feels this way because he is confident that the eyewitnesses he's gotten in contact with are genuine. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, what about evidence of the black-eyed girls? Uh, there have been some photos and pieces of video footage captured over time, but some are more extreme than others. A photo released in 2014 from a woman named Melissa Mason showing two of her kids climbing a tree and what appeared to be a ghost of a child on the right side of the picture. It certainly does look like a ghost, but with so many f- fakes nowadays, it's safe to assume this was anything but a Halloween prank. And I did try to find that picture. And I did find the article that she did um, with the Huffington Post, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. um, back in 14. But the pictures are gone. Yeah. Yeah, I was bummed. I was like, dang it. I kept looking everywhere, but I couldn't find it. Uh, On the other hand, a team of paranormal investigators called The Haunted Finders captured a particular video in 2015, which they claim shows a silhouette of one of the children. one of the child ghosts. Tom Buckmaster, the ghostbuster who recorded the footage, explained that to him it looked as though he could see the figure's legs moving as it walked through the woods. The video may be best left to the eye of the beholder to decide, but there are few interesting aspects to the footage, and that is still out there. You can go and find it on YouTube. Okay. Uh, firstly, the video, which results of some six hours of stretching through the ro- woods, does appear to be entirely genuine with no signs of tampering. The footage recorded in the almost absolute darkness of the Canuck Chase Woods with what seems to be the camera light illuminating the trees only mere feet within within view, uh, beyond which is everything else is pitch black. Then a pale figure spotted slipping past them further ahead in the woods just beyond the light's range. The silhouette indeed appears to be moving as quickly as and as quickly disappears into the dark. Within the message of the video, the team raises the issue, and rightfully so, of how exactly the mysterious shape can be seen so distinctly in the enveloping darkness. It does appear that it is a production of its own light. Uh, While what people say may be the source of these ghosts is compelling that we have covered, the the allegations remain mostly inconclusive. It serves the story's veracity that many of the accounts including the older ones share the same details about the appearances and behaviors of these black-eyed ghosts another thing to consider is that canuck chase is not only place where reports have emerged is not the only place where these reports have emerged the united states has seen its share of encounters with the black-eyed apparitions either way the phenomenon is gaining popularity and the diligent paranormal investigation uh community are hard at work these circumstances are always bound to produce more evidence sooner or later. Absolutely. Just this stories, like I know on some of the other podcasts, they've, mm-hmm. they've had user um, submitted stories and stuff like that. And yeah, it's hard to prove these types of things, but right. just let your imagination go a little bit wild. Cause I read one article real quick on mm-hmm. this and it was like, you never like they'll show up in the middle of the night knocking on your door and like asking for to help come in or, or something. something yeah and as soon as you let them in they basically like do whatever yeah you know all of a sudden they ruin your life yeah <laughs> in some sort right? of fashion so you go oh god yeah okay so and they play on the strings of them being children mm-hmm. asking for help and people don't typically want to say no to a child asking that's, for help I think but that's, that's a um play to it, I, right? I think that sometimes you have it. to take a look at what's asking for help and be like you are no regular child my dear Why are your eyes you open? stay right there and i'll call 911 okay don't you have any eyes? where's your mommy <laughs> yeah where's your mommy like let's call the authorities yeah yeah no so i thought it was an interesting it's story crazy. yeah great story yeah. here's a couple of more pictures of some let's see if we can get it to go there we go hang on one second there we go 
There we go. We got another one, just a few kids sitting there, and then, which is creepy. Yeah, this next one, though, is my creep, the creepiest. Did we show that one? Uh, no, we haven't shown it. I'm sorry. The second one was the one I thought was creepiest with the multiple children, yeah. but she's creepy too. Um, I don't know which one if I find this little girl creepier or the first little girl creepier. Um, They're all creepy. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that one know. just has like her whole area is of her eyes is a, a little bit defin- uh, defined more, yeah, but yeah. Like blurry and blacked out. So yeah. All right. Well, great stories today. Thank awesome. You. Yeah, they were fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching, listen to a couple of creepy stories about stories, some dolls, some fun and some stories, black eyed children, ghost children, ghost children, children, ghosts, ghost children. I don't Either know which way, one it'd be. <laughs> creepy nonetheless. So we will catch you next time on the Castro Files for Bethel Montaigne. I'm Greg Montaigne. Take care. Have a great one. Bye, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>